First of all, we, they say that Africa is not for species. I mean, you recall that in uh, October 26, 2015, MTN was hit with a massive fine of about $5 billion. And the allegation then, this was the Nigerian Communications Commission, almost uh, similar to ICASA in South Africa, that MTN failed to um, register 5 million lines. And those lines allegedly were being used unregistered SIM cards that were being used by terrorists to uh, carry out their activities. And, of course, that was a very big fine. I think it was the biggest fine ever in the history of Africa. And MTN finally managed to get a reprieve of about 70%. So they had to pay back about $1.3 billion. And the government also said one of the conditions for the reduction was that they would list MTN shares on the Nigerian Stock Exchange. And I think until about a few weeks ago before this bad news, this double bad news, MTN was about to do an IPO in Nigeria. So I think it's a very tough uh, environment. Nigerian environment is a very tough game. But of course, this $8 billion didn't come out of nowhere. If you remember last year, there was a gentleman in the Senate, a senator by the name of Dino Milaye, the first blew the whistle and said MTN had repatriated about $14 billion outside Nigeria. And then a few weeks ago, we had the figure $8 billion. So it's difficult to reconcile $14 billion on the one hand and now $8 billion. But let's just look at the facts. I mean, what the CBN, which is like the Reserve Bank, has said, is that the MTN has violated the laws in Nigeria. And the law in Nigeria that they say that they've violated is the Foreign Exchange Monitoring and Miscellaneous Provisions Act of 1995. And that act obviously has to do with moving money in and moving money out of Nigeria. And what it also requires is that for you to be able to bring money into Nigeria, there must be a certificate of capital importation. And that certificate of capital importation, what the central bank said was that MTN, yes, they brought money in, but when they brought the money in as share of the loan, then they moved it out, they converted it illegally into preference shares. And as a result, they were able to pay dividends to the shareholders. So they disguised the money. That's the allegation by the Federal Bank. And so three key infractions that the bank says is, one, that they were able to move the money. That, no, they disguised the money as, as if they had bought the currency locally. And secondly, they falsely declared the capital importation. And thirdly, they issued certificate of capital importation on interest-free loans and converted it to preference shares without authorization. Of course, MTN has said that there's no such thing, and that is why they've taken the government to court. But what is also quite surprising is that while they're still reeling from this shock of $8 billion, then the Attorney General's office comes up and says, look, by the way, you guys actually are owing us another $2 billion because what you've done is that you're owing money for the customs, you're owing money to the inland revenue. So that has brought the figures to about $10 billion, and that is a staggering figure. Even double the amount of the fine in 2015. And Adunja, it all beggars believe because MTN is not the only South African company doing business in Nigeria. So, you know, why are the others seemingly 
not necessarily experiencing uh, the same sort of troubles or getting the same sort of attention. Uh, what's your take on that? Look, firstly, I think you have to look at this uh, uh, from a different perspective. If you remember, and I had the opportunity to speak to the gentleman who is the head of public affairs at the Nigerian Communications Commission yesterday, and the question I first posed to him was, in 2001 August, MTN and Econet, at the time it was Econet, now Airtel, why did they have to pay $285 million for a license fee? This is what they had to pay. I mean, there was no business on ground just to get the license. And the gentleman said, look, because of the size of Nigeria, the demographic, the opportunity, and so on, and looking at all the factors in terms of uh, what was happening in all the climes, that MTN needed to pay $285 million. I then asked him, I said, was that then the reason why when MTN started that we were buying SIM cards in Nigeria for as much as 1,000 rand without even a cell phone, just a SIM card? And he said, well, that is a matter for the, for the operator themselves. But at that time, you know, they could have, uh, they could have sold it for less, but it, it's a matter for them. As a regulator, they, they, they can't set the price for them. But I think the challenge is, it's not only MTN that gets fined in Nigeria. Even if you look at this $8 billion, you see that other banks were fined. I mean, Standard Bank, which is trading in Nigeria, the Stambik IPTC was fined. Um, Standard Chartered Bank was fined. Titi Bank was fined. And a local bank, Diamond Bank, was also fined. And in fact, before the big $5 billion fine, in 2015, all the teleco, uh, telco operators, telecommunications operators in Nigeria were fined for all sorts of things that they didn't comply with. In fact, when I then spoke to the gentleman about this $5 billion fine, how do you find a company $5 billion? Because what it represented was $1,000 for each SIM card that had been failed to be deregistered. He then said to me that even when they set the fine at the time. They sat with all the operators. They even believed that no operator would be able to to um, breach the law. Because, and that was why they came up with this, uh, if, if you like, a deterrent to say, look, there's no way anybody will be stupid enough to, to uh, breach this rule. And so when MTM breached the rule, they were actually very surprised because they said they put it on their website this is the Nigerian Communications Commission telling me they put it on their website and everybody knew and they had discussed it together. And so when the thing happened, they were actually also surprised themselves that MTN actually breached it. But I think the critical factor is, and it's a lesson for all of us, as you move around Africa, my take on it is, if you're going to do business in any country in Africa, you have to study the body language of the regulators. You have to be very careful because there are too many companies in Africa. I mean, look at the challenge that the Chinese are having in Africa. They're bringing a lot of money in, but sometimes the Chinese walk into all sorts of problems. They've had problems in Zambia and so on in terms of labor practices and all that. So when you're doing business in Africa, the foreign company, you have to be very, very careful. And what is also important that I've been saying, and people haven't listened to me, you have to spend a lot of time with the locals in the country where you want to do business so that they can give you the nuance. Because if you don't understand the nuance, the local culture and the sensitivities and you carry on doing business 
they might come back and hit you, you know, where you would least expect it. Because a lot of these things is retrospective. I mean, 2007 to 2015. But also, you've got to remember that there's a new government in place. There's a new sheriff in town. The previous government in Nigeria was not as uh, focused on anti-corruption as the current government. You know, this current government, they're very tight on a lot of things, the things that people could get away with in, 20, in 2009, 2010. This government is not as, uh, uh, people might say they're not as business friendly, but I think they're more prudent mm. and they're more tough. Adichinji? So that's my take on it. Just the final one, uh, very briefly. Yes. So uh, you spoke to um, our uh, Minister of Telecommunications here, Siabong Atwele. You spoke to his Nigerian counterpart. You spoke to the regulator out in Nigeria. Are there any more fines <laughs> that could be coming MTN's way? No, I doubt it, because even with this one, they're quite staggering. But I think what MTN has to do, look, a company that has been in Nigeria for 17 uh, 17 years, market leader, they need to spend a lot more time with the locals and get a, a decent fence. Not only Nigerians were in Nigeria, but Nigerians were in South Africa, because you never know who knows who. And the critical thing is that you can't do business in another person's country and ignore the locals of the country where you're doing business. I mean, there must be at least a few uh, powerful Nigerians in this country who can also guide MTN, because it's not always easy. When you're sitting at head office, I think everything is fine at the subsidiary. We can always talk to people and say, look, how do we resolve issues like this so that they don't come back again? Because it's not good for Africa's image to see Nigerian fines, you know, on a South African company, essentially. And I think that's what MTM must take out of this. Build bridges with Nigerians wherever you find them, because it is important so that we don't always hear about this massive fines.